0: Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle Filibuster, Filibuster Watch freestyle. out for the Filibuster That's right, baby, baby! A lot of energy in the studio today. Freestyle. It's your buddy Gavin, it's the Filibuster freestyle. freestyle. The theme song is Truckin'. And I'll tell you what. Filibuster
1: Freestyle
0: We are finally poised and ready to finish what will now be a three-part epic on naming the greatest frontman of all time, which means, for the first time in 2017, we welcome back... The mysterious legend himself, Roscoe P. from Drillin' Threes. How you doing, buddy?
2: I'll tell you what. I think where the energy in the studio comes from, at least for me, is from the theme song. I mean, that comes on, I just can't help but nod my head. It gets me all fired up every time.
0: you got to watch out for the filibuster, you know?
2: you got to watch out for the filibuster.
0: <laughs> Which is ironic, because it's an audio podcast, but that's fine. <laughs> so, so, listen, man, um, we are... We've done trilogies before. You and me and Paul, Paul Phillips did uh, a much more b- brief in terms of time, chronologically over months. Uh, you know, glam metal thing last year, but this year we started this, pre- this premise in October. Uh, we we did a second part of my birthday with my buddy, my my, my brother Alex and Cindy Harrington, and then we
1: that was went, really that was
0: really something. That one, I tell you, Alex <laughs> Viano, um, he only picked one swear, but he used it every time. And it starts with an F, and it ends with three other letters, the last one being K. And he he lit it up pretty good, and and a couple people really enjoyed it. So for those who did great, and for those whose whose children learn new words on the Family Podcast, our bad. It was a good one. (laughs) So we tried to get uh, our drummer from Drilling 3's, Dr. Green, on to be the the deciding voice today in our... Yeah, what happened there? uh, He just kind of, I mean, you were on the thread, he just kind of didn't want to... He didn't want to commit. I think he, he, he actually is the only person to ever say anything more questionable than my brother on the podcast, which is, <laughs> which is why his one, his one appearance is labeled as private on the Filibuster Freestyle SoundCloud page. Um, the last episode. But if anybody really wants to hear it, talk to your boy, at Gavin Viano, on Twitter, or give us a shout, of course, filibusterfreestyle.com, where we're going to put this beautiful little 16-man tournament that we're about to do. So... Roscoe, should we just really, well, really, really quickly? This is a group without a true frontman that put up, put out a new record that we've talked about before. You want to talk about them real quick? So go for it. Yeah,
2: I just want to mention this quickly, and, and I think this there may be a discussion here for a future podcast. But we've talked several times about a tribe called Quest and referenced them on, on the show. I know before, and uh, they put out a new record in December,
0: I guess that came out. That sound right? Maybe maybe November, but anyway, either
2: way. Maybe November, yeah. Um, but and and it, for those who haven't heard it, it's it's amazing, and I think it's it's uh, uh, for, for me. I mean, the big news personally for me that no one cares about except me is I think this that record has now vaulted them into my number one rap group of all time, uh, overtaking the Wu Tang Clan. Wow! Um, I think I might I might yeah I know I might put Tribe up there first, and I really think it's amazing to not put anything out for, I, I believe it was 17 years, I think
0: 1999 was yeah. when the love yeah, movement came out. Yeah, because we actually were college roommates when the love movement came out, and that was yeah. 98, so yeah. Which was a long time ago. See, si, senor. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so I think to, to not have anything going for 17 years, and put out an album that good is really uh, staggering, and really a, an amazing feat of, of, uh, of artistry. So, congratulations to the Chocolate Quest. And also exciting, I read somewhere that Q-Tip said that this was not going to be the end. Like yeah. he, he said uh, that they were going to do the put the album out and that was it, but now they're talking about a tour yeah. and maybe more recordings. And there's apparently, uh, um, oh, who is it? Um, oh, I forget, it some producer, I'll think of it during the podcast. Some producer said there's like four songs with him and Q-Tip that are locked away, ready to go.
0: Oh, good. Like, okay. there's,
2: other, there's other Q-Tip music already ready to go. Um, oh, it may have been like Chance the Rapper or somebody it has like four songs with
0: Q-tip. Right oh no! Nice. Well, it so, sounds like he's been so busy, and it sounds like part of the yeah. part of the grieving process was to finish the record and uh, which they were working on anyway after before Five Dog passed away. And um right, it, it's a it's a masterpiece, and I just like how much Five Dog is on the record and actually how good he's it is. It a lot, you know, it's good. So anyway. Not the purpose of this podcast, but everybody no, check, check it out. out there. And we, we certainly should should do a breakdown of that and maybe get some of our other buddies who like the Tribe on that. Because, uh, you know, we like doing the mixtape pods here, and we did one about Big Poppy's career. We did one about New Year's. We did one about uh, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. You know, so we, we definitely would be remiss to not do one about the Tribe, who are clearly one of my faves as well. Okay. And, and I have
2: not been on a mixtape podcast yet. I think I've done every other kind.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I, have,
2: it, I am the master of the three-way podcast. You are. Um, I've done three-part podcasts. Uh, I've done live podcasts, but I don't think I've ever been on a mixtape.
0: Yeah, you've been incredibly ill on a podcast. I mean, you know. I've been
2: incredibly ill on a podcast.
0: Yeah, right for life in the living room. We're still kind of cleaning the place. I, nev- I the never night.
2: even listened to that one.
0: It wasn't bad. We talked about Ryan Lochte. He was very topical at the moment, very Olympic. Oh, yeah, we really, really gave it to Lochte. We gave it to Lochte. Good. Anyway, all right, we are, we are off the rails already, but... That's already just, that's the magic no, that happens. That's the magic that happens. Let me remind people, Roscoe P of the five criteria uh, we're judging the 16 contestants on in this bracketed tournament. And then greatest you, front man of all time. Five yeah, greatest big front, front man areas. of all time. So you gotta, yeah, we're judging sizzling, dance moves, slash stage presence is number one. Not number one, like most important, just equally important of, of the five. Second right. part, singing ability. You know, again. Are you a good singer? number three, the distinctiveness of your voice which is not necessarily the same thing as number two number four the X factor slash it factor and or legendary partying stories from the road, antics, et cetera. and then number five would be you know commercial success and or critical acclaim which I think in some of these in some of these matchups for me may or may not be the deciding factor just because they're such equal matchups. I mean you've got your best 16 frontmen, of all time, as voted by you and I and, and voted by the fans on com and on the uh, Facebook page. So that's it. Now, why don't you give a quick rundown on, like, why, say, David Bowie isn't in this or Bruce Springsteen, just really quickly.
2: Well, Bruce Springsteen's not in it because I hate him with the heat of a thousand suns. <laughs> okay. for, for starters, Assuming as we've <laughs> covered. But, no, that's not what you're asking. What you're asking is, um, so it cannot be, like, Like, even if if, uh, solo artists who are part of bands, like Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, David Bowie and whatever his various bands are called, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh, people like Prince, um, those are all considered to be more solo artists than they are frontmen of bands. So we're talking, you know, the guys that we're talking about it and we'll mention in a minute, but they're they're not, they don't stand out apart from the band. You know, you, you think of the band more than you think of the guy. Correct. Right, it's not Correct. like when you just say or Dave Matthews or Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty or David Bowie or people like
0: that. Right, exactly. Jimi
2: Hendrix, you know that uh, Jimi Hendrix was another one. I mean, technically, Jimi Hendrix was the front man of the Jimi Hendrix Experience, but uh, not really what we're talking about. in, in, in
0: uh, Exactly. In this break. All right, now let me quickly give folks the brackets just so they know who we're going to talk about, so they all stick with us. Okay, uh, we have the Charisma bracket. Okay, that's going to be number one seed David Lee Roth against number four seed Paul Stanley of Kiss. Uh, the two-seed in a, in a Nirvana grudge match, the two-seed is Kurt Cobain against his former drummer and Foo Fighters lead singer Dave Grohl. Okay. That's a big one. Big that's a, one. That's a big first-round matchup. Big matchup. That's, up. that's the marquee first-round matchup, let's be honest. Big, mar- big matchup there. Um, we then move over. Um, we have the um, – and now I'm, I'm losing my bracket names. Oh, yeah, the Energizer Bunny Bracket, and that these guys all keep going and going. Unofficial sponsor of the week on Energizer Batteries. Yeah. Uh, One seed Mick Jagger. Four seed, the very popular people's choice, Eddie Vedder. Three seed, John Bon Jovi. uh, Sorry, two seed Bon Jovi. Three seed Bono of U2. Another couple good matchups there, to be honest. Uh, We move it right along. I believe I call this the epic voice bracket, and that would be number one seed Axl Rose. Number four seed, Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Two seed Robert Plant, Led Zeppelin, and three seed your beloved Chris Cornell of not only, oh. not only Soundgarden, but also Audio um, Yes, Temple signed, of the Dog. Right, Temple of the Dog as, as well. Uh, final bracket is, um, the, I call it the Triple Threat bracket, just because these guys couldn't really be defined by anything else besides just being great. Um, really interesting matchup. Number one overall seed, Freddie Mercury. Um, going up against a really interesting guy to get in, which is Chuck D. of Public Enemy fame. Um, you know, we, we both love his candidacy. We love that he's in the tournament. Tough matchup in the first cool, round. The coolest,
1: pick of the, coolest pick of the bracket by far. For
0: sure. Uh, final matchup uh, in the first round is the two-seed Steven Tyler of Aerosmith versus uh, my beloved Scott Weiland of not only STP, but also Velvet Revolver. Um, so a hell of a matchup, so stick around. It's something for everybody, and it's going to be awesome. Boom roasted. Okay. Roscoe, are you ready to run through these dudes or what? I'm ready to run through them. All right. Let's start with David Lee Roth versus Paul Stanley. Um, I'll just hit you up with my notes here. To me, it's an easy one. Um, my only concerns with DLR, David Lee Roth long-term is that he was ultimately replaceable by Van Halen. Um, Sammy wasn't as good. Ah, uh, ah, uh, now I cannot. That is very questionable. All right, well, listen, Sammy wasn't as good, but he's definitely made people forget about Dave. I mean, they kept making money and making records and making their fans happy, you know? Uh, and he also didn't hold okay, up. Okay, well, f- finish, finish your point. Well, I mean, you're off to a rocky start there,
1: but well, finish your not he, he,
0: didn't, he didn't hold up as well as a solo artist than some of these other guys. And then when he came back to like, reboot fronting Van Halen, he was just never the same, you know? Um, I don't think he. I mean, he beats Paul Stanley in all five categories. This isn't even. This isn't even close. So, I'm just saying long term for DLR. It could be hard, but in this matchup, it's not even. Not even close.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Paul Stanley's in there because you know he's one of the inspirations for doing this because he he is kind of that classic front man. Uh, but we you know we mentioned this before. It's it's the because Kiss is so terrible, they have to really up the cheese factor and, you know, try to put on the show because the music stinks and, and uh, that's where Paul Staley comes in. Paul Staley might be the greatest uh, stage banterer of all time. Right. Uh, the, the Paul Staley stage banter is the stuff of legend and available on YouTube. Go on YouTube and search for Paul Staley stage banter. And there's like clips, <laughs> there's like 38-minute clips of just all of him going crazy on stage put together. It's It's worth it. It's worth your time. But... Um, you're right. He loses to uh, David Lee Ross in in all five categories. Um, DLR advances to the next round.
0: No question. Okay, up next, marquee matchup, but we're doing it right now. Kurt Cobain, Dave Grohl. I mean, this is this is huge. Um, huge. What, now,
2: a, what a matchup.
0: When I was going to pose this again because we it's been seven weeks since I posed this on part two of this podcast with Alex and Cindy and yourself, which was. I felt like the Foo Fighters are, are probably better than Nirvana, at least in terms of a longer body of work and more staying power. And I, I, to give it away a little bit, I think Grohl in some ways has become a better frontman over time. But I posed the question about would Grohl have made it if Kurt Cobain hadn't have been the singer in his original band? And, and I know we kind of talked about that, so we don't have to rehash that. But that is a big chicken or the egg question about Dave Grohl's success in the Foo Fighters mm-hmm. is – would it have been as transcendent and profound if not for the fact that he was in like the it band of the grunge movement?
2: Yeah, it's it's a great question. That's a mind blowing question. I would I would come back with for the purposes of what we're talking about today. Yeah. does it really matter?
0: Fair, fair. Like, and you know it's pretty, like, that's he, a pretty easy. Did,
2: way. You know, he is one of the great front men on his own. Like, however, he got there. Yeah, you know, so like. Um, uh, there's guys and say, uh, well, every, every walk of life, guys who kind of get handed opportunities and I'm saying Dave Grohl did, but you know, like, uh, like a Richard Patino who's a, the basketball coach at the university of Minnesota, whose father is legendary basketball coach, Rick Patino. Yeah. I'm sure Richard does a fine job, but really he got where he got in this business, in the business he's in because of who his dad is. So maybe Dave Grohl got the chance to be maybe like Foo Fighters jumped to the front of the line as a famous band because he was in Nirvana. But once he got there, he certainly made the most of the opportunity he was
0: getting. Correct. Okay. Well, that's actually a great... I mean, that's a great... Not even a rebuttal, but it's a great answer, and I can live with it. So let's move into the matchup itself because I think it's close. Do you think it's close? No, it's super close. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, good. Okay. Um, Let me... I'll just go through it. We'll go through the five criteria, okay? So sizzling moves and stage presence. I mean... The thing is, those were the antithesis of what Kurt was about when he was about right. it. Right. So i got to go with Grohl there. Do you disagree or agree? Right.
1: No, I, yeah, I, I agree.
0: Okay. Singing ability. Ah, oh, man, i got to go with Grohl again for myself because it's a larger and more broad sample size base, or base, you know, of sample size, and I think when we get to distinctive voice, it, the, f- the tables will probably flip, but when we talk about range and ability and ability to do multiple things... I feel like Kurt was a little bit more limited overall. What do you think about that?
2: Right, Kurt was. Uh, I, I agree. I think the Kurt's going to win, distinctiveness, yeah, in a landslide. But yeah. but who's the better singer? Kurt really is not that good of a singer, and when you hear them live, um, he's really. I mean, now it fits with it kind of fits with the music, but yeah. I don't think anyone, including Kurt, would call Kurt a great singer. So I think singing ability would go
0: to Grohl. Okay, so one to one, we just both gave it away. Kurt wins distinctive voice, easy. So Kurt wins distinctive voice. He's yeah. up two one. Uh, X Factor. Okay, let's, well, Grohl's up. Grohl's up two one. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yep. Yeah. Okay, X Factor. Okay, here's my take on that, really quickly. I think for as much as Grohl has done to become. That icon figure over the last twenty years, I feel like Kurt was an icon from Jump Street. Like from the from the first time you saw the Teen Spirit video, it's like who the f is that guy? And and again, I like the Foo Fighters better than Nirvana. That's just that's me. But if I'm going, it, like, Kurt was trying not to have X Factor, which like in so many things in life actually worked to create Mystique and X Factor. Um, right. I, I'm going Kirk on this one Kurt on this
2: one, man. Mm. That's, that's interesting because you're right. Kurt uh, tried so hard to not have any it factor that that's what gave him the it factor. And Dave Grohl really goes out of his way to try to have the it factor and wants everybody to like him obviously and, and uh, um, which that worked too. Um, yeah, that's a really that's a really tough call um, man. I, I I maybe give it to Cobain by a nose.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and let's call it 2 2.
0: 2 2. Going uh, into the final piece here, man. Critical. Sc-
2: going into the end. Yeah. Because yeah, I think, I, I made this point the last time, I think, but, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit specifically was the start of the whole grunge thing, right? That whole uh, genre of music. Not that none of it would have happened, but that was the first song that really broke through on MTV, which is a big thing at the time. It's not now, but at the time it certainly was yeah, in right. terms of the way people consume music. Um, and so I think there's, Nirvana deserves a lot of credit for starting a whole wave of music, which the Foo Fighters, uh, you know, are... are part of I guess but but I think that would go into the X factor too why maybe that goes to Cobain
0: right right that's a good point so if we're talking about commercial success and critical acclaim here's kind of another chicken or egg for you a little okay uh, you pretty much have to give Dave Grohl at least a little bit of credit if not a lot for Nirvana's success and sure you can't necessarily give Kurt any direct credit for the Foo Fighters success so that's just one little kind of existential piece there and that Every bit of success that Nirvana had had something to do with Dave Grohl and not the true thing for the Food Fighters' success, for, for Kurt, because he was dead, obviously, right? So,
2: <laughs> yeah, Kurt, uh, Kurt, was not in, Kurt was not in the Food Fighters he, on account of being dead.
0: Correct. Not his fault. He just was retired at the time. Um, so let me – I actually broke down for the sake of some close ones like this, like what does commercial success or critical success look like? So the Food Fighters have been nominated – for like 91 total music type awards, they've won 26 of those. And great stats. Great stats here. Of those 91, 27 of those nominations were for Grammys, and they won 11. They've won 11 Grammys. Okay. They won 11 Grammys. Yeah. Wow. Was pretty blown away. Wow. Now Nirvana, and again, albeit a much shorter career, nominated 25 times overall with 12 wins, including seven Grammy nominations and one Grammy victory. Now, again. You mentioned it as part of the X factor and you can mention it as part of the commercial success critical acclaim whatever as well was that Nirvana probably created a crest of a wave that other bands also wrote on and also demolished a whole other genre glam rock um right for Brett Michaels for Brett Michaels um, everybody has its thorn you know but
1: I sure did so
0: listen I don't know what any of that means, and I don't even know why I'm going this way, but I think I'm gonna I I think even though he's he's a higher seed, I went to pick Kurt Cobain in what I think is an upset for me. Wow! But I can be swayed. What do you got? Yeah, oh. Grohl.
2: I I went the other way. I was really surprised. I went Grohl. Like as I was looking at the bracket, I thought for sure I was going to take Cobain because unlike you, and actually what's really interesting is you like Foo Fighters more and pick Cobain. I like Nirvana more and pick Grohl. Um, uh, I, I I just think. I just think Dave Grohl is more. I will tell you where. See.
0: Uh, yeah, well, let's do it though. Because I think I think it, what you're going to do here is just because just because like somebody won three of the categories, like for yeah, instance, yeah, doesn't it, mean it's they the won. Is greater than the sum of the parts. Right, right. 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 Exactly.
2: I mean, these are just because, and I think I think you said this last time. Like, if, for example, um, you know, let me go back to the last. If, if like David Lee Roth's stage presence is. You know, if he beats Paul Stanley a hundred to two, even if singing ability is close, you know what I mean. Like it's not just who wins each category; it's like by, by how, how much, much I guess.
0: right? By how much, right? Yeah,
2: there's right. there's that, and and I think there's kind of an overall. You just want overall feeling, and right. You know, my my nucleouche don't think just throw answer is that if I had to pick one front man, it's it's Grohl. He's just got more of that front man personality.
0: Yeah, um, and I'll tell you he, what.
2: He wants to be that guy, like Cobain. what we were saying, like Cobain didn't really want to be that guy. He doesn't want to be the guy who's got you know eighty thousand people singing in unison and chanting or whatever. And Grohl wants to be that guy. He's good at it.
0: Right. That's true. And and what I would say, because it was really close for me as well, is if I come back to all of the success that Nirvana had, is directly in some way also attributable to Dave Grohl, and none of the Foo Fighters' success can be directly attributed to Kurt Cobain. For me, that can get me on your side, and since there's only two of us, I have no problem with it because I actually think that Dave Grohl has a much better chance to advance further than Kurt Cobain does. Okay. So let's go with it. We're going Grohl. All right. All right. Dave Grohl into the second round. All right, let's move brackets. Number one seed Mick Jagger. Number four seed Eddie Vedder. Wowzers. This is a heavyweight battle. Um, It is.
2: Eddie, I just saw Eddie Vedder was out singing before President Obama's farewell address in Chicago the other night.
0: Of course he was. He's everywhere. Guy's everywhere. Of
2: course he was. Guy's everywhere.
0: Now, that being said, let me just break this down for you. I think we should just get right into the attributes. Was this an easy one for you or no?
1: This was an easy one for me, yeah.
0: Okay, well, let me tell you why I think it was an easy one for you. And if you agree with that enough, we can move on, okay? Okay. Maroon 5 didn't write a song called Moves Like Vedder. (laughs) <laughs> they wrote a song called Moves Like Jagger and Mick Jagger wins and I love you Eddie Vedder you're a great singer of a great band you're not Mick Jagger sir Hall of Famers Pearl Jam totally that, that happened since the last time I've been on right yeah they got inducted right which is great Yeah. phenomenal
2: great well deserved
0: not gonna help you
2: <laughs> not gonna help you Take me, somewhere else, Ed.
0: Yeah, and I got plenty of good notes on on, on Nick, especially, but I'm going to save him because he's moving on. Correct?
2: He's moving on. He's moving on. The love, fa- look, I love Eddie Vedder. Pearl Jam is one of my favorite bands ever, but I mean, it's Mick Jagger, man. Yeah,
0: got those moves like Vedder. Not so much moves.
2: Okay. Moves like Vedder. Local H did write a song called Eddie Vedder.
0: Right, but it was a it was. But it, not about not about his moves. Wasn't so. about dancing, and that's not that's not that's not going to work. Okay, another. I'm a little,
2: I'm a little uncomfortable with how much power Adam Levine has
0: in our bracket. All of a sudden. No, no, no. That was his one shot, and he got it in there. So. <laughs> I'm gonna recycle that joke in three rounds with Mick still in it. Anyway. Yeah. That's <laughs> the a, uh, the that's great, a great joke. That's the, a great joke. The great Adam Levine one set. No, anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. We got John Bon Jovi up against Bono, and I, I again heavyweight matchup, and and these guys are both pretty polarizing. For instance, not to speak for you, but I'll speak for my brother without the uh, obscenities. Uh, uh, he couldn't have been more mad at John Bon Jovi being involved in this. He hates John Bon Jovi. He hates John Bon Jovi like you hate Bruce Springsteen. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but he loved Bono, and I- I'm pretty sure that you don't like Bono that much. Is that correct, or have you evolved on that?
2: Here's my... Here's how I feel about U2. You two. U2 you two is like... So I I get it, like I get you too. I understand why people like them and why they're important. Yeah, but I don't particularly like them.
0: Okay, just not your not your cup of tea.
2: Not not yeah, not my flavor of ice cream. But okay. I get it. I'm like you know, like a Bruce Springsteen who just stinks, and I don't understand
0: why anybody likes. <laughs> it. Never uh, miss an opportunity to kick Bruce. <laughs> no, zing zing Bruce. Follow uh, at Roscoe P Funk yeah. if you want to throw some shade, Roscoe. At, Ro-
2: at Roscoe P Funk, Bruce, what do you got?
0: On Twitter. Tell me why I'm wrong. That's right.
2: Oh, um, all right. So, yeah. So I, I appreciate you 2 and respect their abilities. Uh, I, and I I love some of their songs. I would not call myself a huge YouTube fan. I don't I don't dislike Bono. Okay. Um. But I'm not. You know. I'm not. Not really huge on Bono, one way or the other. I guess. Okay.
0: So for 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 brevity's sake, because because one of these guys is going to move on and probably need some facts to either help or hurt his case. Who who <clears throat> who'd you pick? I picked uh, John Bon Jovi. Okay, now I picked Bono, which means maybe we need to go into some details. That's what I was Okay. That's what I was kind of getting at there, okay? So sizzling moves, I think it's tough. I'd say 80 in the 80s it was easily John Bon Jovi thanks to the glam rock era and showmanship. I, right. think, I do think Bono has done a lot in the 90s and since to to, to kind of shift that a bit and, and I actually wrote in my notes, I'm punting on this category for now. So I couldn't give it away. Um,
2: you're punting on the sizzling dance
0: moves. Yeah, I don't know. Did you think Bon Jovi won it by a landslide? Um.
2: Well, isn't I mean, like stage presence? Stage is presence in there is too? part
0: yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Bono's got that.
2: Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, they're so different. It's really, it's it's really an apples and orange, uh, oranges comparison. Tough matchup.
0: Yeah. Um, singing ability. Again, I wrote this is super tough. Both guys have range, versatility, etc. I'm going slight edge to Bono. Um, yeah, probably Bono. Distinctiveness is vo- voice. I thought was tough too, but I think Bon Jovi is like usually distinctive, and, and Bono, Bono is always distinctive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went Bono yep. again. I went Bono again there. Now X That's Factor. Good. X Factor. Bono is going to be tough to beat, but here's why I'm giving the slight edge to JBJ. Uh, he has even charmed the pants off of Bill Belichick as a super fan. So sure has. I mean, he's got the power to turn back time. So I'm going John Bon B- Bon Jovi, excuse me, on the X Factor. Now, yeah. critical success, critical acclaim, commercial success. Bon Jovi is a band. 68 nominations of total awards, 22 wins, including nine Grammy nominations and one Grammy victory. But U 95 awards won, including twenty two Grammy wins.
1: Twenty two Grammys. Oh yeah. my God! So
0: that was that was what, for me. It came down to holy cow, like that was a, just a major tipping point for me to be like, those dudes are doing something right, even if I can't see it. You know. Um, now I mean, you can make the argument that's more of a band award than a Bono award, and that's fair too. But that's a that's a big number. It's a big number to not to not at least talk about. You know.
2: It's a big number. It's a big number. I mean, you're assuming that music critics know what they're uh, talking about. Also, Twitch. You know,
0: not necessarily. Not necessarily. I, I, have,
2: I have very little use for music critics.
0: Okay. So,
2: but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I, you you make a great you make a great point. Um, I, I may be switching my my vote here. Uh, I think maybe in this case, and this may come up once later once or twice later in the bracket, but. Maybe I'm swayed by the fact that I just like Bon Jovi more than you two. Sure, sure. Uh,
1: totally which really
2: so. is not the it's not the point. That's not what we're asking, right? That's not the, that's how this contest is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you two hugely popular, sells out crowds all over the world. Bono gets them all going. They all love Bono. Yeah, Bono, I, Bono can move on. That's a tough one. That's a good matchup. Yep. Yeah. Uh, could go yep. so either way it's it's uh, it's hard to say Bono and Bon Jovi that, that we should have thought of that that's confusing yeah okay those guys go against each other
0: yeah but, uh, but now one of them is out so now we're good <laughs>
2: but now one of them is out so alright Bono moves on and now we have an all European uh, semi-final there or whatever it is uh, yeah sure with yeah. Jagger and Jagger and Bono absolutely the, the, the UK uh, mashup
0: absolutely all over that or I guess that's not
2: it's not UK right because uh, Bono's uh, Yeah. yeah yeah
0: it's all good British Isles all good um so, that's good stuff. Let's move on to the other side of the bracket. Uh, this is an interesting one, man. we got Axl Rose versus Anthony Kiedis. I've read how she's super yeah. fame. Now, here's just what I wrote to get the thing set up. Anthony Kiedis could be a huge matchup problem for a lot of people on this list. And so could, so could Axl Rose. It's fitting that they are up against each other in round one. Um, because they have a lot of... Like, they don't do things similarly, but they're similarly good at the same categories, I feel like. Um, do you have any... I mean, was this an easy one for you or or, not, or no? Easy. Yeah. It was ro- Axel Axel All The Way?
1: Yeah, Axel All The
0: Way. All right, I'm going to save my, my notes then, but I definitely wrote Axel Enough said next question, so... <laughs> but I do want to point out one thing. Uh... In terms of X-Factor, I thought these guys were really... Here's a really interesting take on their X-Factor, at least in my mind, okay? Both these guys are beneficiaries and or dependents on at least one other mega persona in their f- prospective bands. Yep, yep, Obviously, yep. Slash and Flea. My ultimate right. takeaway is that the Chili Peppers are literally an X-Factor band that benefits from having at least two virtuosos in the band. So Flea and John Frusciante at the peak of their powers, both virtuosos are their instruments and uh, you could argue Chad Smith is too that's what I wrote plus Chad Smith is no slouch so um, and I do feel like Guns N' Roses is not fully respected or appreciated without Axel and Slash on stage together so you know again uh, we're going Axel, but I did think that was interesting to bring up since we're not going to talk about Anthony Kiedis again anyway um,
2: right but, but we don't really have a fair comparison like like uh, you're saying and I would agree that Axel is not as impressive when Slash isn't there with him but we don't know what Anthony looks like without Flea because that's never happened.
0: Right, they've always been together. Good, good point. Like if,
2: like if Flea left the Chili Peppers, would Anthony look as good? Maybe not.
0: Right, right. And either way, it just guns and roses all over these guys. You know? Uh, all over these guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, Anthony Kidd is, I think I said last time, he's, he's the, the worst singer of a Hall of Fame level band. Yeah. Uh, and, and I love their band, I love their music, but um, I, I just think he doesn't have the singing chops to move on. Uh, plenty of charisma, great-looking, um, yep. you know, sizzling moves. Yep. Uh, he's, he's got distinct, a lot of, he's certainly...
0: Distinct voice. Yeah,
2: distinct, yep, yep, great, distinct voice, perfect for his... He's he's a perfect guy for his band, right? Correct. Like, that's a really good... Chili Peppers are a really good team. Absolutely. Like, you know, and even though they've gone through a bunch of different guitar players and seem to keep finding guys who can really do it, except for Dave Navarro, who might be the best guitar player they've had who couldn't, couldn't work out. Right. Um, but they've had a few guys who can really do it, but... Uh, but but the key is that that group really fits together uh, perfectly. Correct. Uh, more more than one guy any sta- one any uh, one of them stands out.
0: Correct. And I will say to the Chili's to give him one more bone here: sixteen Grammy nominations and six wins, which is more in, in, on both sides of the ledger than GNR. So uh, good for uh, them. Well you know. And the other
2: thing I know the point I was going to make. The other thing that, that Anthony has is longevity and consistent longevity.
0: Right, because Axel's right, like, kind of like, disappeared for a while. Right.
2: Axel disappeared. Then he came back with like that karaoke Guns N' Roses thing, right. and you know, which was no good. And like Anthony Kiedis has been the same guy in the same band for since '84 or whatever, '81. Right, doing whatever it, it, it the
0: whole time, right? Exactly.
2: Yeah, doing it the whole time. So that that certainly would be a feather in his cap. But uh, I, I think you know, Axel. That's always like an interesting when people talk about various halls of fame. It's like, is it? Do you just want someone who's been really good for a long time, or do you want the guy who was the best in the world for two years or five years or whatever? Right, exactly. You know, and that's and I think that's that's the that's the the battle here is that is that Anthony has been great for for a really long time, but Axel at the height of his powers was the best that there was.
0: Yeah, for, for sure, uh, for sure.
2: So so that's why I think you go you go Axel.
0: Okay, beautiful. Next matchup, big one, near and dear to your heart. We've got Led Zeppelin's Robert Plant versus Chris Cornell. Um, battle of the big time voices right here. These might be the two best singers in this whole tournament. Would you agree?
2: Oh, it's well, geez, I didn't even thought of that. Uh, or Scott Wyland might sneak in there.
0: Yeah, he's great. Uh, more on that later. And Freddie Mercury's obviously great, but um Yeah. But, but
2: these, though, yeah, that 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 may be right. Yeah, that, that that's these, certainly these dudes two can, of the best three, if not the best two.
0: These dudes can wail. I mean they can wail it, wail it, wail it out. Yeah. Um all right, let's just go through I mean this was probably a hard one for you, right? No. You would plan all the way on this?
2: Yeah, I bounced my guy right out. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, like like I think I said last time, my my love for Chris Cornell has been stated many times on this uh, program. Um I think I said last time, great, great singer. You could argue he's the best singer on this list. You could argue he's the best songwriter on this list. Um, but I think he's not the best, you know, front man. Like, yep. I'm thinking it's, it's a show, it's the stage presence, it's that, yep. just, you know, charisma. And he's not bad at that, but he's not, I just don't think he's in Robert Plant's league. Um, in regards to that, Robert Plant not only has all that, you know, oozing charisma and all that, but he also has the voice to, to certainly be up. in the ballpark with, with Chris Cornell. Yeah, you can um, match so even, even that, which would be Cornell's huge advantage over almost anybody else on this bracket, isn't that huge of an advantage against Robert Plant. Right. Uh, right. So yeah, I, I love Chris Cornell. Uh, I've seen him uh, it's just solo acoustic a couple of times. That's blown my mind both times. His voice is, I, I would argue he's the best rock singer I've ever heard. Um, but um uh, and again, if we we're doing the, the best rock singers of all time, he'd probably win my bracket. But we're talking about front men and all, everything that goes with it, and I think Robert Plant is, uh, you know, has a shot to win this whole thing. Uh, and uh, and and he's kind of the, the prototype. In fact, I think you talk about like. Foo Fighters coming from Nirvana. Certainly, Soundgarden came from Led Zeppelin, and in, in sure, some in sure. some way, not, not as directly, but
0: yeah. Uh, no, this so guy yeah, is so one. So yeah,
2: I had planned going over fairly easily, despite my love for Chris Cornell.
0: Okay, and we're moving on. So now we got we got what, I, what many believe to be the top seed in the tournament, uh, Freddie Mercury, <laughs> the
1: overall number one as it were.
0: Yes, Freddie Mercury going up against Chuck D. Uh, you know, again, the, the the types of music are incredibly different. Uh, Couldn't be more different really. they're, they're both Hall of Famers I, I think at the end of the day yep. It was fun to get Chuck D in Because he was really the only Kind of Hall of Fame level Frontman Of an actual rap group He was not a solo yep. artist He was not a pair of, of MCs He was not like You know Q-Tip and Fife Where like they were Really sharing the mic a lot I mean this guy right. For the most part Dominated the lyricism Of the band So And he was the leader of the band So Chuck D again We've been giving you hats off Three times in a row But Freddie Mercury's moving on And I'm gonna I'm going to save my Freddie Mercury comments for, for when he might need it. But, uh, you know, congrats to Chuck D. And if, Roscoe, you have nothing yeah. profound, feel free to share it now.
2: No, 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 I, I agree. And, and great great for Chuck D. to be in this. The, maybe the only rap front man of all time. Certainly the best. So, great appearance. It's an honor just to be included here, of course. But uh, yeah. Freddie Mercury, the overall number one seed. will we'll move on.
0: Okay, now here's another interesting matchup. Because you have a, a, a guy that... A lot of people who voted were not fans of as a two seed and then a people's choice as a three seed who people seem to love. So you got Steven Tyler of Aerosmith versus Scott Wyland of not only Stone Temple Pilots, but also Velvet Revolver. Really interesting
2: Steven matchup. T- Steven Tyler is another guy your brother seems to
0: hate. Does not enjoy Steven Tyler one <laughs> bit. Not one bit. Not one bit. <laughs> hey, let me let me let me let me um you know, we couldn't get Dr. Green in the show, but I do have a, a quote, which I didn't talk to him directly. I found this on the internet, but I have a third bar, a third person to weigh in on, on this on this contest, okay? Oh. And I'm going to read a quote, and this quote is by none other than Slash, and okay. it is about Scott Weiland. Okay. He says, I just thought he was a great singer, and he'd always been on my mind for Velvet Revolver. He was the one vocalist that I knew who had the kind of voice that would serve what we were going to do. He had a John Lennonish quality, a little bit of Jim Morrison, and a touch of almost Bowie. He was the best singer to come out in a long time, in my opinion. Slash. End quote.
2: Uh, that might be a, a perfect description of Scott Island.
0: Right. So I guess what we should say is uh, there's a lot of math that says Steven Tyler should get this thing. But how are you going to go against Slash? Yeah.
2: I mean, if you go by the categories, what does Steven Tyler even win here? He'll win the first one, right? He'll win yeah, the first moves, moves. moves.
0: Yeah, he's going to win moves. He's
2: not a better singer. He's not a more distinctive singer. I wouldn't say.
0: I mean, I'd say he could be, but only because Wyland can can be. Does he can disguise his voice? It's always you know. Like yeah. we, we talked about this last time. You always know it's Steven Tyler because it's always Steven Tyler. He's just doing the same thing. Now, again, that does definitely make Wyland a better singer, um, and he's definitely got a very distinct voice. Um right. Yeah, you know, I agree. I think X Factor, here's what I'd say about X Factor, right? Steven Tyler has a ton of it, at least back in the day, he truly does, but Scott Wyland is, again, I'm not going to bring up his issues, but like... To have the charisma to, to get as many second chances from fans and bandmates and everybody. Like, everybody wanted Scott Wild to succeed. And it wasn't because they felt bad for him. It's because he friggin' hypnotized people of how awesome he was. Like, I, I mean, I actually probably had this thing. It was really close, and I was prepared to go with Steven Tyler. But you know what? Screw you, Steven Tyler. That's what my brother would say. You're out.
2: Yeah. Unless Roscoe I, I, have, I have no compelling argument for Steven Tyler. I, I thought this was a fairly easy choice for me. Perfect. For a okay. while, to
0: move on. All right, so we've got our elite eight, Roscoe P. Do elite you, eight. Do you have them in front of you? Or you want me to read them off? I got them. You want to give them to us?
2: Sure. So uh, in the charisma bracket, we have David Lee Roth and Dave Grohl. Yep. In the battle of the Daves. Uh, in the Energizer Bunny bracket, we have the all-European matchup of Mick Jagger and Bono. The Epic Voice bracket has come down to uh, uh, Axl Rose and Robert Plant, and the Triple Threat bracket is Freddie Mercury and Scott Weiland.
0: Whew! That's power. That is... in, in
2: battle, battle of the dead guys there. <laughs> are they the only, two, yeah, uh, the, the, the only two dead guys still in the bracket are the only two dead guys oh Kirk Oban they're the only two dead guys still alive in the bracket ironically
0: and there, and there you go and that's <laughs> that should be the name of a band alive dead guys Anyway, the alive dead guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright so David Lee Roth up against Dave Grohl and you, you've you picked this round so why don't we go with who you have and then maybe we'll talk, talk it backwards if we need to
2: I have David Lee Roth um, I think Uh, you know, he does air splits. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, David Lee Roth is like, you know, I talked about Paul Stanley kind of being the inspiration for this and the, and the putting on the show. Like David Lee Roth is Paul Stanley in a good band. Right. Right? Like, like that's the difference. He's, he's the show. He's the clown, but like their music is actually really good, which is why he's better and, and they're better. Um, so yeah, he's you know he's great. He's the he's the classic '80s rock and roll front guy. He wears spandex and does air splits. Man, and, and he's and he's uh you know he's outlandish. He's he's uh he's kind of a, a d bag. You know, he's not, but
0: but he's likable and gets the crowd going. He thought that he found the simple life ain't so simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right, I'm I'm in with that. I you know I I had I had trouble getting Dave Grohl in the second round and. Yeah, and uh, I certainly think that if we're talking about being a frontman here and and at the apex of your frontman powers, you can't go right. against Diamond Dave in this round. Okay, can't go against Diamond Dave. So Mick Jagger and Bono, and the problem for Bono is that you still don't like him, and I think the other problem is that it's it, it, the great Adam Levine never wrote a song called "Moves Like Bono." So oh, <laughs> you can't. You see, you
1: got to wait around before you go back. No,
0: way. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we got to just move Mick Jagger through, don't we?
1: Yeah,
0: totally. Okay, So let's. Because I really talk talk. See, and I don't want to get too far in advance here. But if you start, you know, prognosticating on how the heck David Lee Roth and Mick Jagger stack up now, Diamond Dave could be up against it a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. So anyway, that's, sure. It's a mega matchup in the final four. But let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, Axl Rose, Robert Plant. What'd you have?
2: I have Robert Plant. Okay. And I tell you, this was maybe the most difficult decision of my entire bracket. Okay. Um, really, very, very close, and I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm not sure I like my reasoning. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. Okay. Um, but I think it just came down to like, like Led Zeppelin's just way better. And I know again, not not really the point, but they have so many more good songs than Guns N' Roses does. Yeah. And,
0: and, yeah. and, and
2: like, I think, I mean, and I guess for me, I only went there because this really may have been a tie. Yeah. Like, I just really couldn't, there, there was just no way I could pick one or the other. Uh, other than, actually. again, if we're, if we're going to give, you know, so like, Axel at the height of his powers was the best in the world. Well, so was Robert Plant at the height of his powers, and he did it longer. Right Now, he wasn't the best in the world the whole time, but he was as good in his time as Axel was in Axel's time, but in Plant's time, really has has lasted longer. Really never went away, although Led Zeppelin did. But Plant's still out there, certainly. Correct. Um,
0: Correct. And, then, and, and
2: uh, yeah, I, and I don't, you know, we will not go through it. But um, I was I was on Spotify today, just looking at some of the Led Zeppelin albums. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think sometimes I forget how great Led Zeppelin really was.
0: See, that's, that's I, mean, I think, where I'm coming around on. Because, yeah. you know, I did, I did the matchup, and I'm going through the superlatives right now, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you one of the telling ones in a minute. But, you know, the bottom line is Led Zeppelin and Robert Plant should not get penalized because they're playing at a whole different level than everybody else. Right. Like, Guns N' Roses, again, I did a friggin' megacast on this in September, okay? Uh, I'm going to go see them again in Winston Salem in August. I'm going to probably, Oh, wow. I'm potentially going to go to Europe and see them. Um, really? That, that was. I mean, I'm going to go to Europe anyway, but I'm going to plan it to maybe squeeze in a little GNR like overseas. You know, like. Wow. Just because you know, I'm. I, I my my point is, I'm not really a super fan of anybody. You know, maybe, maybe honestly, I'm going to figure out a way to go see Track Call Quest for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, it'll be it'll be a great regret that Q- uh, sorry Pfeiffer won't be there, but you know, like I, I'm. So when I, when, I, when I say this to all the Guns N' Roses fans out there, I want Axel to win this so bad, not because I don't like Robert Plant, because I love Axel Rose, and I, I saw him my own two eyes in August, and he blew me away. He blew me away. But, but, here we go. And I'm just going to bring this thing right down to commercial success and critical acclaim, because I think it's the only place you can have separation that's, that's based in fact. And again, with a grain of salt, to Roscoe's point about Grammys and about critics and all that, but... Guns N' Roses, again, albeit on a huge hiatus overall, I mean, Chinese democracy took like 20 years to make, but 27 nominations in terms of all awards ever, and 10 wins in those, but three Grammy noms, zero Grammy wins, okay? That's Guns N' Roses? That's Guns N' Roses. Now, talk about commercial success and critical acclaim. For awards worldwide, Led Zeppelin has been nominated 896 times. They have won 638 times.
1: Oh, my God. They have
0: been nominated for seven Grammys, and they won five Grammys. So five out of seven times they get nominated for a Grammy, they win it. Um, Guns N' Roses is 0 for 3. I mean, Robert Plant, you can't go wrong. Axl Rose, you can't go wrong. I can go with Robert Plant here. Let's do it.
2: I, I have a, I have a, a scorching hot take. hey so So, uh, Appetite for Destruction, I think, is the... The best album of whatever you want to call that kind of music, yes, is that you know hard rock Absolutely. or you know whatever whatever you want to call it, but yes, that's that's the best. So I'm excluding that from what I'm about to say. Okay. So, I, but outside of Appetite for Destruction, I'm not really sure how many Guns N' Roses songs I really like.
0: Oh.
2: Uh, how about that?
0: Now I'm gonna. I mean, I like a lot of Guns N' Roses songs, but I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and what your I guess your your additional point is is that. You like a lot of Led Zeppelin songs?
2: Oh, yeah. Let me re- just because I happen to pull it up. Okay. This is the track listing for Led Zeppelin 4. Okay. There's eight songs. I'm just going to read all eight songs, start to finish. This is Led Zeppelin 4. Black Dog, Rock and Roll, The Battle of Evermore, Stairway to Heaven, Misty Mountain Hop, Four Sticks, Going to California, When the Levee Breaks. That's Led oh. Zeppelin 4. <laughs> That's eight for eight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, Keeps on like, raining, levees gonna break. I mean, that's a jam, and that's eight. That's eighth song on the record. Woo.
2: That's eighth song on their fourth record. Like, how many bands can't put out a greatest hits album with eight songs that good? That's one album.
0: Yeah. Wow. And there's
2: not even the clunker. Even Thriller, which may be the best album of all time, that has two songs in there. You kind of go, eh, I don't really know that one. Yeah. I mean, it's got it's got like the six best pop songs of all time, but then it's got a couple that aren't that good. Right. Like that's that's eight for eight.
0: Yeah. That's money. That's money. And I will say that the, the Guns N' Roses did release uh, Chinese Democracy, and I know that Axel fired everybody besides himself like six times over, but that's, that's on him, and uh, Robert Plant moves on. Okay. So we got one spot left. Tough one. Tough one. Tough.
2: Axel is great. That's Axel's a tough one. one but I mean, it's Robert Plant,
0: man. It's Robert Plant. It's Robert Plant. We there's, only
2: in- like two, there's only like two guys, maybe three guys in this bracket who had a chance of beating Axel, and Robert Plant was one
0: of them. Absolutely. Now... Freddie Mercury, Scotty Wyland. You got Freddie Mercury in this one or what? Yeah. (laughs) This is where it ends for your guy. Okay. And I'm okay with that. You just, you know, here's what I wrote about Freddie, and this is actually from my Chuck D notes, but sizzling moves, nobody is beating Freddie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Distinctive voice. I I think Freddie's probably more distinctive than than Scott Wyland. Yeah. uh, Singing ability. I mean, Freddie Mercury's got pipes for days. Yeah, really close, yeah. And and I think X Factor, I mean, the dude, I mean, again, there's a couple couple big time X Factor guys too, but I got to go Freddie Mercury here, right? Yep. Okay. So we got a final What a final four. Look at this final four. Final four. And you got a little something for everybody. You got, you know, a, a, a guy that we both thought, David Lee Roth, who had a shot. We got a guy who Cindy Harrington and Andrew Patterson both thought hands down would win it, Freddie Mercury. You got. The aforementioned Robert Plann, who he's chronicled in detail, and then we got ourselves a little, we got Adam Levine's favorite guy in the bracket. Adam Levine's pick. Right, Mick Jagger. So props to, <laughs> props to both Adam Levine and Slash for weighing in on this, this podcast with us. Yeah, uh, thank you I can't guys. wait to hear from their attorneys. Anyway, I hope I do. Yeah. It means people are hearing it. Um, com. By the way, folks, when you listen, especially on Facebook, share that with your friends, man. Help us out. It's almost we're almost through our second year here. We've gotten bigger, but like Roscoe pointed out, we gotta get bigger. People care. We need more gotta, people to care. We gotta need get more. bigger. So do us a favor when you like it. That's awesome. Please share it. That's 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 the real hotness. And uh, I don't know. We'll think of a prize for you guys. And somehow I don't know how I could do that yet. But I want to give prizes to people who help share the word. Roscoe, help us think. of Oh around. yeah, totally. T-shirts. We need t-shirts. We do need or, like, t-shirts hats or something. Oh, uh, we need swag. You're right. Okay. PhilBusterFreestyle.com dot swag coming your way as soon as I can figure that part out. Uh, all right, man, let's keep it rolling. David Lee Roth versus Mick Jagger. Oof. Now you picked these. Did you? Did you, two questions. Did you have these as your four? Your two matchups. Yes. Okay, you picked this final four. So who do you got in the, in the DLR Mick Jagger matchup?
2: Who do I have winning? Yeah.
0: Mick Jagger. You got Mick Jagger. Okay. I do. I agree, because at the end of the day, and if we're going to keep this thing you know, brief, and I know that you have not picked a final on either of so us, we'd probably have to spend time on it anyway. Right. Everything that we've talked about for David Lee Roth is phenomenal of a job as he did. Not only has Mick Jagger been, to your point about Roger, Robert Plant a minute ago, the height of his powers, probably the best at what he was doing. I would say in a lot of ways, he may have invented being an actual frontman. Mick Jagger did? Well, I, in a lot of ways, right? I mean... Oh, it's interesting. Hmm. Like, like I, I mean, Freddie came after him, Robert Plant came around a little after him, but like... After, yeah. But, but, after. but like Mick continued to evolve. Like, so as Mick got older and as the Stones act got more, I don't want to call it stale, but obviously they were they were putting out new stuff, but they were still kind of like banking off the old stuff, right? I mean, Mick turned it up a notch. Like, every decade Mick got older, he got more and more dance moves. Like... Now he's pretty much now he's pretty much exclusively dance moves, but um, like, and he's ninety, and he's ninety, and he never took a break, and uh, <laughs> you know, not only are they hall of famers, they're like knights, you know, what I mean? like they're knights. Nice. I, like, I believe he's like Sir Mick Jagger, who should be. So um, he should be, if he's not. The Rolling Stones are so big that Ronnie Wood is in the is in the hall of fame for another band he was in, probably like, yeah, probably just because he's Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones. So I'm going Mick Jagger. And I love Diamond Dave. Go on, Mick Jagger. That's a,
2: that's a really interesting point you raised. Is Mick Jagger the original, like, is he the first of what we're talking about? Because when you think about before them, I mean, the really, you know, like we said the Beatles didn't really have a front man. You can't decide between Paul and John. Right. So, and like Elvis is a solo artist.
0: Janis is um, solo. I mean.
2: Yeah, right. Like maybe Mick Jagger is
0: the original rock and roll band front man. I mean, I think a lot of people saw what he was doing and were like, I got to do that, you know what I mean? Yeah, So, yeah. So anyway, I think David Lee Roth clearly adopted and took that to a, a level that, like you said earlier, included leg, leg splits and spandex and, and, yeah. some, and some cowboy boots, and that's sweet. But again, we got to go that's sweet. All right, Freddie Mercury, Robert Plant, a battle of, a, a battle of England, a battle of Great Britain, um, a battle for the 70s. Um, two epic bands. Who, who did you have here?
2: Well, yeah, really, really tough. Um, and I do wonder, I, I think when we started this whole project in October, you said, or whatever it was, um, like two names really jumped out at me is who I thought, it, like immediately came to mind Who's the best front man ever. And one of them was Mick Jagger. And the other one is, is the guy who won this matchup. And... Um, so I'm wondering if I didn't come down to these final two because it was my first thought. Uh, and because as I, as I was just talking out Robert Plant, I'm starting to think... Because I'll tell you what, I picked Freddie Mercury. Okay. But as I was talking out Robert Plant, I, I think I made some pretty compelling arguments for Robert Plant just now.
0: Yeah. For sure.
2: But I did pick, as I look at my bracket here, I did pick Freddie Mercury. I just think Mercury and... I'm going in a little bit, not blind, but I, I don't know a ton about Queen. Like, I kind of missed it. It was a little before me. Um, I'm aware of them. I've seen, you know, the, that famous, what is the the concert in Montreal, right? The yeah. famous concert video that's Sh- out there. Sure, sure. Uh, I know a lot of the music. I just think the whole band and Freddie Mercury was just like a whole different thing. It was like a whole different level. It was like... Great theater and great music and yeah. great singing and great performance. It was just it was so different from what anybody else was was doing, and it had it had all the pieces. You know, it had like like the theatrics of Kiss without being cheesy, but with great songs and great singing, like you know, like Robert Plant does or or Chris Cornell does, you know, in, or Mick Jagger, uh, or like the great song. I have Mick Jagger's a great singer, but they have great songs, right? Um, you know, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think Mercury is just sort of on. a on a different level as a frontman, yeah. Um, although I, I, I would say I do enjoy, as I, as I just argued, I do enjoy the music of Led Zeppelin uh, better than than Queen. But and you know, again, at this point, we're down to the four best of all time. Obviously, everybody's legendary, and you can go, you can go either way. But I do think Freddie Mercury was just kind of a, a different level as a performer.
0: Yeah, and I, I think and, and, and
2: unique, like you said, no one else has been Freddie. That's right. I mean, he's a unique. He's a unique guy. No one's even really tried to be
0: him, right? And I I think you actually made a great point, which is a lot of guys I think have taken elements of what Freddie's all about and and tried to at least emulate a piece of him because of how successful and complete he was as a frontman of a very complete band, Queen, right? So, like, and you and you went on into oh, that's I'm not going to like doubly agree with you, except to say. That, yeah, like, Paul Stanley grabbed the part he could grab, which was, like, working the crowd and, and, and being theatrical, you know? But, like right. you said, but but, but heavily cheese. Um, you know, exactly. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with that. And, frankly, I made this argument on, I don't remember if it was the first one or the second one of our installment here, but if you watch Robert Plant and, like, a lot of the live shows they did, like, he is not super engaging or compelling with the crowd other than, He's in the best band in the world. He's got the best voice in the world, and he's singing the best songs in the world. You know, like like Freddie Mercury is again. He's not doing what Diamond Dave did, but he's doing his own version of that. You know, he's doing. He's draping himself in flags. He's wearing different costumes. Like he's 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 fully engaged in in the crowd, digging what is happening on stage, um, and that's right. something that makes say, you... go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say something else about Robert Plant. And to paraphrase Spinal Tap, uh, Robert Plant. Is, is up there wearing tight slacks with an armadillo in his trousers. <laughs> and he, he, had, he had a lot of that going for him.
0: Correct. Correct. Like
2: Robert Plant was just kind of like standing up there being awesome. He wasn't throwing it out in your face. You know, he was throwing it in your face without, without throwing it. Yeah, you know I mean? just like, right. there, look, look at how awesome
0: I Right, am. and so with Freddie and even with Mick, they're saying, no, 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 here we go. You're coming with yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going to show you. You're yeah, coming with me. Look at this. All right, so let's yeah. talk about these two guys. Let's talk about these two guys. Um, what a final. No, I've seen the Rolling Stones in concert twice. Um, Oh, wow, I have not. I saw them in, like, 98-ish, and I saw them again in probably 04-ish or 05-ish. And they weren't spring chickens at either one of those two bad boys. But all I know is I've seen it with my my two eyes as well. And, um, dude, like, there's no reason they should still be able to get a stadium full of people pumped up. There's right. no reason. And, like, obviously, Freddie Mercury never had to go through that because he obviously had an untimely demise. But um, I, I, I have no problem who, whoever wins this thing. But I will. I just want to – this is my hot take on Mick Jagger and it has nothing to do with Maroon 5. <laughs>
2: <Okay>? <laughs> I didn't write a song called Moves Like Mercury. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they should have. Um, so here's the bottom line. They – I think I might even said this, if, and if I did in the first po- podcast of these, I apologize, but if, if, if you, the listener, freshly listened to the one from October before listening to this one, good for you, but also, come on. Anyway, um, when I was in seventh grade, I was in English class, doing nothing as usual, and I was thumbing through the encyclopedia, and I was in whatever section I was in, and there was a picture of Mick Jagger in a Philadelphia Eagles jersey, which I now believe was a Ron Jaworski jersey, at some like, sta- at some, like stadium show. So, like, whatever encyclopedia, probably, let's go with Encyclopedia Britannica, unofficial sponsor of the week, they thought enough of Mick Jagger's existence to not only document him in an encyclopedia, but to put a picture of him in a Ron Jaworski jersey in the gosh darn 1992 World Encyclopedia. <laughs> and it wasn't even Mick Jagger's prime. It was 1992.
2: Right, that's way past Mick the Jagger
0: matters so much to the whole world, and I'm not even saying he's going to win, but that's my hot take Unlike. My man, and I remember being like, that guy is so famous that he's an encyclopedia. Like, that is like more than famous. Like, that is, mm. you know, that is like bigger than Nirvana was at, at that moment in 92 when they were huge. Bigger than Guns N' Roses was in 91 with Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 coming out. Like, Mick Jagger was bigger than those dudes during their heyday. He's,
2: he's infamous, like El Guapo yeah. in uh, Three See? Amigos.
0: Right, like, Three Amigos fame. So.
2: He's, like, more than famous. I'm
0: not saying I'm going to go Mick or not, but that's my, my most compelling case for, for Mick is that he's in the gosh darn encyclopedia 1996. <laughs> in 1996. And I remember it. I remember he was wearing a Jaws jersey, and I didn't even know who Jaws was at the time. Like, I put that together later. That is huge. <laughs> I'm like, who's number seven in the Eagles? Randall Cunningham's a quarterback. And then I found out, you know, there used to be a guy named Ron Jaworski, and now he's on ESPN. So, anyway. Um, what do you got, man? Where are you leaning? Where are you leaning with this?
2: I don't know. This is the one, as I was explaining to you before, I, I picked the whole bracket, but I did not. I got down to this final, but I did not pick the final. Yeah. Because um, these were the two guys.
0: Let's go through.
2: Let's go through the criteria. Okay. I will say, since we decided a few hours ago to do this podcast today, I've had Killer Queen in my head all day. That might be swaying me uh, towards Mercury. But, yeah, Killer. let's go. let's go through the criteria.
0: Okay. Whew. Can we do Sizzling Moves last? Because it's going to be a tie, I think. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, can we, well, let's go. We'll go Singing Ability, okay? You got to go Sing Freddie, ability, Freddie Mercury. Definitely Freddie Mercury. And by a lot, right?
2: Yeah, by a lot.
0: Okay. Uh, distinctiveness of voice. Yeah, that's tougher. That's a tough one. Um, that might be Mick. I think it's Mick in a close one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. X Factor, oof, close again. I probably would say Freddie Mercury, close.
1: I was going to say Mick, close.
0: All right, so you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? We have a tie on that. We have a tie on that one. Okay? So now we're going, let's go to Sizzling Moves.
2: Oh, what happened to commercial and critical appeal?
0: All right, fine. We'll do that first. You're right. Okay. I thought, I thought you wanted to do No, you're, you're line right. Up. You're 100% right. So, critical success, com- critical acclaim, commercial success. Very surprisingly, Queen has only been nominated for three Grammys and they've won none. Mm. To put that in perspective, Public Enemy has been nominated for six Grammys, also with none, but that's probably because people are, are uh, biased in unfortunate ways. But, actually, bo- on both counts, maybe. But, anyway, um, the, the Stones... I mean, the Stones won their Grammy in 1994 with Voodoo Lounge and with uh, another song uh, from from the Voodoo Lounge record. I mean, they won their Grammy like 30 years into their career. Um, Yeah. Which probably says more about the rest of rock music in 1994 than about the Stones themselves, but still worth bringing up. Um, The Stones, I mean, let's see. Yeah, the, the Stones had... Uh, yeah, yeah. Two Grammy two Grammy wins in 94. Love is Strong was a song they won for for like Best Video or something, and then the, they won Best Record for Voodoo Lounge. Love is
2: Strong is like the, what,
0: 55th? 9,000th best, yeah. best Rolling Stone. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think that one matters. That one doesn't really sway me either way. So we go time? Yeah, plus
2: the Stones have been around so much longer, they're obviously going to have more.
0: Yeah. So let's let's go yeah. sizzling moves and let's let's try to figure this out because because right now Freddie's winning based on the fact he's a much better singer than Mick, okay? Yeah. And I think the answer comes down to this: their their style of euro sizzling euro moves. and They are both European. They are both British. Very different styles. Like Mick is more of the vein of like I'm just going to give you some energy and own it, <laughs> and you're going to like it. And <laughs> dance like a chicken, kind of. Kind of, yeah. And Freddie Mercury is like. I'm going to kick, stretch, and kick. Uh, and like put a British flag around me and a bunch of other stuff. I, I kind of got to go over Freddie Mercury on this. He, I really do. What do you think? Um,
2: uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing is I'm Googling Freddie Mercury versus Mick Jagger right now.
0: Wow! I'm,
2: turning, gonna... to the, I'm turning to the Google. I'm yeah. turning to the Google just to see what anything is out there. Oh, I spelled Freddie wrong.
0: That's not good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time we've ever tried to decide an argument, not an argument, but a contest <laughs> by Googling it in the last round. <laughs> I'm, just,
1: I'm just seeing what's out there. That's Follow that's, your boy right.
0: at on Twitter for more fascinating tidbits like this. Um, this doesn't really uh, say anything. All right,
2: man. Um, I mean, you know, uh, wow, well, it's just...
0: Okay. Here's what I'm gonna do.
2: I think I think when you include so for me, actually, actual sizzling moves. Yeah. I would go Jagger.
0: Okay. Okay, we'll go Jagger. You there, Roscoe P? Yeah. You said you said Jagger for more sizzling moves.
2: I said I said Jagger has the most sizzling moves, but overall stage presence, I think I go Mercury.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's probably right. So the stage presence is kind of the greater than the sum of just you know. Okay, I I think we got Mercury, man. I think I think
2: it might be. You know, I, I wish I would love to. I I would love to drop the mic like I did with Poison in the.
0: Uh, yeah, in the uh, bracket, glam
2: yeah. rock bracket. I just I just don't think there is. I think you can't go wrong. I think, you know, just gut reaction, I think if it's a basketball game, Freddie Mercury wins on a tip-in at the buzzer, Yep. but if you play the game ten times, they're each going to win five. Um, Slight edge to Freddie Mercury for, you know, I said before just that overall kind of stage presence and theatrics and great vocal range and all of that wrapped up. Um, I have, by the the slightest of margins, I'm ready now to say that uh, Freddie Mercury, greatest broad front man of all
0: time. Well, I'll tell you what. The good news is it would have been really awkward to play We Are the Champions if Mick Jagger had beaten Freddie Mercury in the final. (laughs) (laughs) A real salt in the wound moment. We are the champions. It would have been really weird. Anyway, um, wow, okay, that's fantastic. So, the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, is if you agree, if you disagree, you know, go on the Facebook page, leave us a message, go on Twitter, blow us up, at Gavin Viano or at Roscoe P. Funk. But, if anybody who is either in Queen now, Brian May, I'm talking to you, or any of the guys in Rolling Stones, including Mick, want to come on, we'll vote. For, we'll vote for your guy.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so if we can get either a member of Queen or the Rolling Stones on the filibuster freestyle, your guy wins, and that will definitively decide it. But for now, as Roscoe said, tipping at the buzzer, double overtime. You know, let the body to the floor. It is Freddie Mercury it, by a nose.
2: By a nose, great, great bracket. Uh, everybody in it was great. Uh, I really think, you know, uh, Robert Plant could have won this thing. He didn't even make the the final uh, two. Axl Rose could have won this thing, didn't make the final four. Right. Uh, you know, really, really strong. This may be the strongest uh, of these that we've done, just kind of top to bottom, strong, strong Right, there,
0: there was no, uh, there was no, um... Steel Panther, in, in, you know, in this bracket. You know, there was, Steel you know, there was no, uh, no L.A. guns. No oh no filler. Yeah, no, no LA, L.A. guns. guns. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Paul Stanley was maybe a throwaway, but, I mean, to your point, he deserved to be here. Uh, Roscoe P., stick around. We'll catch up. We'll have you on again soon. We've got to have you on about a bunch of things. Probably some Tribe Called Quest stuff coming up next. But uh, thanks for yeah. being on. Thanks to everybody who helped us try to figure this out. Uh, happy 2017 to those who haven't listened yet to a show this this uh, this year, and uh, like we said, thanks for all the support. And here comes the outro. Phil freestyle. That's
1: the end of
0: the podcast. Roscoe, I can't see you dancing because we're not on uh, FaceTime, buddy.
2: Oh, trust me, I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> oh, we're dancing. <laughs>